welcome to Mind Matters with Sandy and Kathleen. You might notice that Sandy's missing. So, and the reason for that is that um, because of the whole coronavirus issue that we're experiencing at the moment, Sandy and I can't be in the same place. So what we have done, if you have a look on our Facebook page, if you search for Mind Matters with um, Sandy and Kathleen, you'll see that we've posted some videos on um, how Zoom sessions work and showing the two of us together and we had a bit of a chat about how um, managing anxiety and that sort of thing. So we are going to do some things together and some things apart over the coming months just out of necessity because of, of, of the way that things are having to work at the moment. So um, unfortunately Sandy has an immune compromised partner and so just to be safe I'm staying away from, um, from our office because that's his home as well. So what I wanted to talk about uh, today is um, things that we can do to try and manage anxiety. I know a lot of people are, are feeling the stress and anxiety about what's going on at the moment. There's a lot of uncertainty. And when there's a lot of uncertainty, we often look for something to hang on to. And I think um, regardless of what country you've been in or are living in at the moment, there's a lot of people doing a lot of things like they're hoarding food and they're um, hoarding medicines and obviously overbuying toilet paper seems to be a global issue. And they're doing all these things and it looks, I know people see them as being very selfish and, and there is a selfish component to that, there's no doubt about it. But there's also... A level of anxiety about the things that we can and can't control and there's so much unknown going on at the moment so what I want to do was have a little bit of a talk tonight about things that you could do that would help stem the anxiety so and help give you that sense of, of not control but just just of control of your own emotions back again so I've written myself a bit of a list so the first thing you can do, it's often shown that people to, to reduce anxiety and, to, and to, to boost their mood so that if, if you're prone to depressive episodes, this is a, a time that, an incident that could really set you off into a depressive episode. So recognizing that early and doing things that can assist you to support your mood is definitely something that you want to do now rather than, than later. So one of the ways that you can, you can help with anxiety is to express gratitude to, to rather than to focus on all the things that are being taken away from us that we can't do at the moment, that we're frightened of, that we're anxious about, that we have no control over, it's about expressing gratitude for the things that we do have. And I was thinking about some of the things today that that I've, I'm, um, I have a lot of gratitude over, I'm, I'm very, very grateful for, and, um, and they, they can be quite, quite strange things, really. So one of the things I'm grateful for is that we had our hot water service die here at home. So um, normally you'd say, you know, we, we've spent thousands of dollars in the last week on fixing things around the house that we didn't anticipate we were going to have to fix. But our hot water service died and it died before, it was, it was 10 days ago, um, it, it died before we realised that we were going to have, have this level of issue with coronavirus. So as much as it's been inconvenient and we had no hot water for the day and we had to get somebody out to do it and it cost us a lot of money, I'm actually grateful that it happened when it did. Because if it had have happened in, in four or five, six weeks' time when we're in the, the peak of a corona issue, we might not have been able to get somebody out to fix our hot water service. We might have had to have gone without hot water for days, weeks, months even because people might not have been allowed to come out and, 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 and do things around the home on a domestic tradie level. So we might have gone without hot water. So I'm really grateful that that's happened. And then um, just a couple of days ago, our, our, we have two um, fridges, one in the garage, a drinks fridge, and we use the freezer for meat and so on. 
and um, we have another um, uh, a large fridge, family fridge in the um, fridge freezer in the kitchen. Well, that decided that it's been a bit, you know, it's been having a few issues over the last few months. It decided the other day that it was just going to freeze everything. And I said to my partner, you know, this is a time we want, need to get someone out to, to really have a look at this. We can't be in the middle of a health crisis. It's led to a food crisis with a fridge and freezer that's not working correctly. So we got somebody out to do it, which we had no trouble doing. They came out um, straight away and um, they looked at it and ascertained that it had a fatal issue and that we needed to, to um, replace it, which we didn't realise that everybody had been out because they're bulk buying food. People are out panic buying um, fridges and freezers so we found ourselves in a situation where there was a limited amount of stock available and we were lucky enough that the, the fridge that we wanted was available and we got it delivered and it's operational so I'm really grateful that the fridge did have the problems that it had when it did have because talking to the repairman he said that he feels that in the next couple of weeks they're not going to be able to go into residential properties so I'm like, I'm really grateful that it happened. Yes, it's been an expensive 10 days or nine days in which we've, we've had to fix both these problems, but I'm grateful that that happened. I'm also grateful for some other, some other things as well and that we, we are experiencing good health. My family's just gone through a period where we haven't been well. Um, we all got a, a virus of some description, not coronavirus. Um, and I'm grateful that we came through that and that it, it, it didn't happen at the same time as we might have contracted coronavirus. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm also grateful for technology and the fact that I can sit here and do these things um, without, you know, I'm not tied to an office somewhere that, that I am self-employed and I am able to work my own hours. Is it making it easier for me? No, it's not. I am very much cut off from my clients physically. I've moved everybody over to Zoom appointments, which it's, it's not... Um, so it's not ideal, it's not the right word, it's not the way I like to do things. I like to sit face-to-face -face with my clients and connect with them, but I can't do that at the moment. So I'm grateful for the fact that I have an alternative and that I already knew about that alternative, very grateful. I'm also, um, and then this is, this is completely, I suppose, out of left field, I'm grateful that my mother-in-law passed away um, last year. I don't get me wrong, I'm not happy that she died. She was the most wonderful mother-in-law in the world and I was very blessed to have her. But she'd been incredibly unwell for a long period of time with a, a, a lung condition, with a very serious lung condition. And she passed away um, January of last year. And I, I think to myself, I'm so grateful that, I mean, we always knew that she wasn't going to make it with that. She had a shortened life expectancy. I am so grateful that she did pass away before this hit because I, I would have been, my anxiety levels would have been fairly high had um, she's still been with us now because I, I just know that if she'd contracted this virus that she wouldn't have made it. She would have, you know, possibly been isolated from her family when she passed. Whereas when she did pass last year, all three of her children were with her when she went. And I think that was a real blessing and I feel grateful that they were able to do that. Likewise, I know that my, my sister-in-law has found it really hard coping without her mum. And I, and I think I'm grateful that she's not going to have to go through a really difficult time with this illness hanging over here she's got children and a husband and so on that she's really would be worried about them as you naturally would be and then to have issues with her mum as well so I'm, I'm grateful um, even though it's a negative thing that we we lost um, my mother-in-law I'm grateful that that it it's not you know that, that it happened before this came along 
I'm also grateful that I have a great relationship with my family. So we are we are tackling this as a group, as as we all should be doing in in society, is is working together. So I'm grateful that I have a really strong family unit, and that we're communicating well, and we're we're looking after each other, and we're helping each other get the things that we need. Because we have my parents are in their in their seventies, and and they have their own range of health issues. So I'm concerned about those sorts of things. So I'm definitely practicing gratitude, and it's something that when you feel like you're on that down downward spiral that you feel like oh, this is all getting too much or the anxiety levels are picking up it, it's the things that you're grateful for that will will help ground you remind you that there are still great things going on it's just that at the moment everything's overshadowed by a big media presence for this virus and it is going to affect us for a long period of time and I know we have a, a coverage of of um of listeners from all over the world and there will be people that are listening to this that have already been well and truly affected by this virus and, and um, you know, and there's people that haven't yet and there's people that have been and that are coming out the other side of it. So um, practising gratitude for the things that we, we still do have, that in Australia where we have a wonderful medical system, we have a very proactive government, whether you, whether you like our Prime Minister or, or who's in charge or not, at this point in time we don't have an option to change that. Um, so we need to accept, you know, what we have, and um, and I think that they're they're doing a wonderful job to try and assist us through this. So I, I think we should be grateful for the fact that they are they are throwing a lot of money and resources and time and effort and the very best people they can gather to make these decisions. I think I'm I'm also very grateful for the fact that um, that you know this is this has not happened when i'm older it's happened when i'm in this age group you know there's all sorts of things that you you can find gratitude and i think also managing your expectations as well of things helps to relieve a lot of anxiety i know that there's been a lot of angst over schools closing or not closing and all these sorts of things and and i i can tell you that i'm quite happy at this i i take the school issue a day at a time and and as it stands here today on the, the 20th of March, I'm quite happy that my child has been to school for the week. I'm not seeing any reason that he shouldn't be there. It gives him continuity and and um, and all of those things in the social structure because the reality is that the schools may need to close down for a period of time. He is an only child. I have a six-year-old who's an only child. and um, or I have adult children as well, but they don't live at home now and they're not a playmate for him. So he's going to be socially isolated for a long period of time, potentially, if that's the way it goes. And I know he will find that difficult. So I'm, I'm grateful at the moment that he's safe at school, that he's able to play with his friends, that he's learning. There's less children at school, so he's getting a better learning environment out of it. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of gratitude to be had there as well. I'm also managing my expectations around that. Do I expect that everybody is going to make 100% the right decision all the time? No, I don't. I expect that everybody is going to give it their best go. And that's how I view what our government is doing. And, and if you're in, I know we have a large following in the US. And I think I know that, um, you know, there's criticism for all the world leaders and they will say well, they should be doing this or they could be doing that. But I think that everybody's trying to do the best um, that they can do under the circumstances. So managing your expectations and saying hindsight's a wonderful thing could they have changed things could they have done it a bit better should they have done this should they have done that all that does is just create a big air of, of you know an umbrella of um of, of difficulty over your life and you don't need to do that just manage your expectations what do i expect i expect that everybody tries their best does that mean that they're infallible no does it mean that that it's always going to be a flawless execution absolutely not 
but we just you just expect that they try and that's the best that you can do so what can you do whether you're in um, a self-imposed isolate because we've got all sorts going on across the world at the moment some people are in self-isolation because if you're in Australia uh, at the moment if you've returned um, for home from overseas you need to put yourself in 14 days of self-imposed isolation um, which means no going out no you know you're in your house that's it um, if you've been if you're quarantined because you know you've been in contact with somebody that, that that's tested positive if you have in fact tested positive yourself and you need to self-isolate or if you're in a country where there's lockdown as well there's lots of people that are in the situation where they're not out and being as social as they would normally be and they're not necessarily engaging in the pleasurable activities that they would normally get to engage in. So you need to perhaps look at, and I know we've done um, a podcast before on pleasurable activities and some of that's not going to be relevant to, to today, but you could go back and listen to that podcast and, and it talks about how um, what pleasurable activities um, do for you on a mental health level. So I think we can we can change those things. You know, this is um, some people looking going, oh my, I'm locked down with the kids for a couple of weeks, and that can be hard. And I have to tell you that I, you know, I wonder how I will go with a six year old if I, we need to be locked down for two, three, four weeks. I do wonder that. However, it's made me really think about how resourceful I am and the things that we could do. And so choosing those pleasurable activities, what do you enjoy to do? Break up your day. Break up your day. If you if you don't, so there's lots of things like if we talk about eating regular meals and practicing good sleep hygiene. So good sleep hygiene means getting the right amount of sleep for you and trying to keep in with your body's equilibrium. So if it's good for you to, you know, if you normally go to bed at say 10.30 at night and you get up at 7 o'clock in the morning, maintain that. That will do the world of good for your mental health because it's what your body is used to. It's your equilibrium. If you get up at 7 o'clock in the morning, you know, the children get up. I mean, I know during school holidays, often kids will sleep in or so on, and that's, and that's fine. So if you said, all right, we normally get up at 7, we might get up at 8 or 8.30 or something, but staying in bed till 10.30 and then not engaging in the activities you would normally engage in and staying inside and then going to bed at 1 o'clock in the morning or something when you normally go to bed at 10, 10.30, all those things are going to have effect on how you see the world and how you feel and, and your mood and so on. So trying to, um, you know, um, maintain good sleep hygiene, do what you would normally do, cutting yourself some slack, of course. And if you do become unwell, of course, you would rest as your body requires. But that would, you know, doing all of those things you would, and, and eating regular meals. So it may even be the case that it, it, it's a good idea to, to get up in the morning and, and pack everybody's lunch like you would normally do. Like if you've got school-aged children and you normally pack a lunch for them, you can do that in the morning. It's going to fill in some time for you. It's going to allow everybody to make their food choices and to know that their meals are already set out and their lunch is ready to go. So you might get to 12 o'clock and some people want to eat and some people don't. You don't have to stand there and sort of encourage everybody to eat or get their lunch or whatever they can just grab their lunch box and they've, they've already got that there because you've got the facilities because you've got school-aged children or if you go to work and you do those things so engaging in that sort of stuff also I know one thing that I've done is um, I decided to to grow some seeds in so growing our own food basically because we're going into winter here in Australia so we've got the winter vegetables are starting to come out. So I've been down to, to Bunnings and um, I've actually planted some seeds because I know my, my son loves to, to watch things grow. 
Um, and I'm not by any means thinking that this is going to feed us. I think it probably will supplement our um, our diet. However, it's more about the activities of, of growing and learning for him because if the schools are closed down for a long period of time, th this is another learning opportunity rather than you know doing the traditional, well, I suppose, classroom sort of activities, that this is additional stuff that we can do because he loves to be outside. Regardless of the weather, go outside, rug up if you've got a backyard or a balcony or someone, go outside, get a change of scenery. It will do the world a good for you. So I've planted some seeds that will start to sprout in the next four or five days and, and so we'll watch those come through the earth and then we've got I've got some seedlings that I've planted and then we've got a crop of um, summer vegetables that we're, we're finishing up with as well. So we've got things that we can go out and we'll be pruning things and you can just grow flowers, you know, you don't need to grow vegetables either. But there's things that will always be happening. We'll be watching the seedlings grow and then deciding when we need to replant them and, and all of those things. So it's an activity that's ongoing that we can go out every day. We've still got strawberries growing, we've picked strawberries. There's just there's lots of things that we can we can do out there as well. So I've I've thought of some outdoor activities. We we have a small yard here. It's not it's not huge by any stretch of the imagination. We have quite a small yard, but it is an outdoor space that, that I can take my son out into. So we've come up with, you know, I've I've loosely put together some um like a, a plan of, of what we would do during the day. And because we are socially isolating as well, just for people that aren't in lockdown, there's social isolation going on as well. So um or social distancing, I should say. Long term, social distancing. So we will be doing that over the weekend. We won't be going anywhere. So it will be virtually like we are in lockdown. We won't be leaving the premises here. So we will do some cooking. Um, I'm taking as an opportunity to teach Charlie some things and to take some time doing some things that I wouldn't normally do. I've also put away some activities um, as well. Like I, I have boxes. I'm, I'm, I try and be organised. It doesn't always happen. But I've got some plastic crates and, you know, I've put all of our, we've got a wooden train set, I've put all the wooden train set into a crate and we've got puzzles in a crate and we've got different things in plastic crates so that I can turn the toys over so we don't have the same activities all the time. But I'm going to do a podcast on activities for children that can that can help, not only have them learn, but, um, you know, basically raise the, the vibration or raise the, the energy level of, of every member of, of the family so that you can have a bit of a more harmonious um, environment while you are in, in a social distancing or a lockdown situation, anything in between. So um, as it is hard, it, is, it does mean us changing our life and it does mean us changing our life for, for potentially months and months and months. And this could go through to Christmas. So we are going to have to learn to live in a new and different way, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. It can be a wonderful thing because you might get to do all the things that you haven't necessarily had to do or had time to do, I should say, before. So um, when it comes to anxiety and thinking about those things, practice good breathing techniques. You know, Practice the good positive visualisations. And, and I, I'm going to attempt in the next few days to record a visualisation exercise that I will put up as a podcast as well that can help take you out of the space that you're in. And you can do it as a family. You don't have to do it or as a group if you're all, if, if you've got a couple of people together or a group of you that need to be together in the house. You don't have to do it on your own. You can blast it through, um, you know, your Google Home system um, because we are, this is available on Spotify and iHeartRadio, iTunes and SoundCloud, um, as well as obviously this video as well. So, um, I am going to, to put that up, which will be, we'll almost call it like a guided med meditation, but it's a visual 
um, technique to, to help you visualize putting yourself in a better place, putting yourself somewhere where you feel comfortable and relaxing the body and getting your breathing um, going well just to keep yourself calm and relaxed. So um, I'll probably leave it there for tonight. Uh, always welcome feedback and questions or if there's anything that you particularly want me to talk about or for Sandy to talk about, by all means, go ahead and, and send us an email. Our email address is um, Sky Wellbeing um, Centre. So that's S-K-Y-E, well, W-E-L-L-B-E-I-N-G Centre, Wellbeing Centre at bigpond.com, B-I-G-P-O-N-D.com. So um, by all means, um, send through a um, an email if there's any any feedback that you have or any questions or things that, topics that you want us to cover while we are going through this corona situation. But um, I, I you know we are going to stay in contact and and know that you can still you can book appointments because we can do exactly as you see me here. We can do on Zoom and do appointments. Um, so we're not really disconnected. We're just we're just connected in a different way. So this is all about changing our mindset and managing our expectations and, and bringing that level of anxiety under control. But know that if you are feeling anxious at the moment, you're not alone. Most of the world is. And it's because of the unknown and, and the uncertainty that's going on. But that doesn't mean that you ignore it or allow it to take over your life. There's lots of techni techniques you can use to, um, to lessen that for you. So um, thank you for your time. And um, I'm sure I will hear from you all um, very soon and you'll hear from me. Okay, bye.